sort of strange that you can be homesick for a place that you've never been. But I understand exactly what that song's talking about. We we get uh, homesick. I, I can remember growing up and um, starting to drive and and. Even though if I pulled in the house, all the lights were off, I knew Mama would still be waiting up until um, her boy made it home. So uh, I would come in and just say, I'm home. And I sort of think maybe that's what it'll be like when we get there. It'll just be home. And uh, we've, got, we've got those that are waiting. Um, but the most amazing thought to me is we've got a king that's awaiting our arrival. Hallelujah. He's our bridegroom. He's waiting for his bride. He's uh, waiting and waiting patiently till the day comes when it'll be said, Go and get my church. And then indeed the king is coming. The Bible ends the canon of Scripture with John saying, Even so come, Lord Jesus. And so that's uh, sort of where I am. You might say, preacher, that's cruel. What about all these that are lost? Well, they have an opportunity to be saved today. And I would still say with John, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And, uh, and He is going to come, and He's coming for me. And, and uh, we, that song started off, the marketplace will be, we'll be quiet. We live in a society that's, moving to and fro and, and getting and selling and buying and gaining. And, and, uh, but there will come a day all that will be over. And, and it talked about the Lord being our hiding place. And I thought, I thought about this on the way down this morning when, when Moses asked the Lord to show me thy glory. The Bible says that God said, You shall not look upon my face and live for no man shall see me and live. But he said, Moses, there is a place by me, and I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And he said, Moses, I'll pass by and cover your face with my hands. And as I pass by, I'll remove my hands, and you can see my back part. And I thought, what it must have been for Moses to see that. But I thought about the times that I've saw the touch and felt the hand of God on my life so many times. And I've been there as He's passed by. And so I'm glad that we serve a God that from time to time will pass by among His people. Let us know that what we believe is true and real uh, and, and authentic it's something that this world does not understand and quite honestly, it's something that your adversary, the devil, does not understand. He knows nothing of the Spirit and the power of God in the sense of a comforting of His people and the coming to get His own. Um, if you have your Bibles and want to read along, I'm going to read out of the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. And to be honest, I've sort of struggled with what maybe to preach this week. And as I said, I've, um, it's been a hard week and I might not preach for just a minute. But it seems to have settled on this portion of Scripture. And you pray for me. I'm, um, 
pretty weak this morning and I need your prayers in a bad way. The book of Malachi, and we're going to start with the last verse of the, seven, of the second chapter. So chapter number 2 and verse 17. And it says, You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied Him? When you say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and He delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and as in the former years. And I will come near to you to judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against the false swearers and against all those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. 
Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Again, I'm going to be probably very brief today, but um, this is the last prophet in the Old Testament, the last book. This was written probably around 400 years uh, before Christ, somewhere around in there, 400 to 425 B.C., somewhere around in there. And, uh, And I say this, there is ample evidence that when Jesus Christ came, that He was the one that they should have been looking for. Uh, There was ample evidence in this last prophecy that went out in the Old Testament that a messenger would be sent before uh, the Lord to prepare His way. And of course, that is talking about John the Baptist. and, and, uh, And so there was ample evidence throughout the Old Testament Scriptures. Even the Lord Jesus Christ said, Search the Scriptures talking about the Old Testament, he said, They are they which testify of me. Uh, So down through the Scriptures in the Old Testament, they were they that spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. I told you a few weeks ago, this book is not about the church, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, From the Old Testament to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, and I told you how that he said, I am Alpha and Omega, and and that's that's in Greek. If it were in Hebrew, he would say, I'm the Olaf and the Tau. If it's in English, he would say, I'm A and I am Z. I am the beginning and I am the ending, saith the Lord. And, uh, and so we see here uh, that in the Old Testament, God had set up a way to serve Him. And, and there was only one way to serve Him, and that was by faith, just as it is today. But, uh, but you know, in the Old Testament, they would bring their tithes and their offerings unto the house of God, to the temple of God. And, and, uh, and so they would bring the best that they had, their first fruits of the field. They would bring their uh, the best lambs that they had and the best sacrifices that they could offer for God required of them the very best. And, uh, but over time, they had got to a place where uh, they were simply going through the motions and, and, uh, and, and, and God uh, wasn't receiving honor. He wasn't receiving glory. And, and so in order for God to receive honor and glory, uh, there has to be a people whose heart is in the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for, for God's churches today to be pleasing unto Him, uh, there should be a holy fire uh, among its members. There should be something churning inside of us. But uh, alas, I'm afraid we are in the day that uh, men just go through the motions of church and of, and of worship. And I wonder exactly how much true worship is going on even in our Baptist churches. We have uh, got to the place where we come in and we take our seat and we sit there and, and wait for the blessing of God to come. But, uh, but, but in all the Scriptures, there has to be uh, for the blessing to come, for the windows to be opened. And I've thought about this uh, toward the end of the week. There's nothing that I desire more 
Uh, then that God would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon this church. When I uh, got here about three years ago, uh, or so pretty close to it, uh, uh, there was uh, uh, there was good ground, Brother Rick, and then the others had left to work with, and and uh, and uh, there were lots that that were lost at that time, and we saw some saved. And, uh, but but quite honestly, I thought within myself maybe. Foolishly, but maybe not so foolishly, that uh, that by this time we would see many more uh, that have been saved, and many more that have joined the church. But uh, but I'm afraid as we've got caught up in in, in politics and things of this life, that uh, that the true worship of God has been uh, left to the side or left on the back burner. And and if you get into the first chapter of Malachi, uh, God is explaining unto him that I'm weary with your offerings. He said, you've not brought unto me the best, but you brought unto me the lame and the blind and, and the feeble. He said, should I accept them? He said, if you took them to your governor, would your governor accept them? And, uh, and he said, if they wouldn't accept them, surely uh, I will not accept them either, saith uh, the Lord of hosts. And, and he goes on to say that, that the people were saying that there was a weariness in serving God. And can I say to you today that I'm afraid that that's where lots of our members are uh, in this church and in other churches that, uh, that somehow or another it's become a weariness and an inconvenience uh, to come out to God's house. I, I can remember, and we often talk about, I read there in your hearing that uh, that he said the days need to go back unto the days of old, unto the days of your fathers, which uh, which understood a sacrifice and what it meant, which understood uh, when they brought that lamb before the offering, uh, even Abel of old, when he brought had uh, the first fruits of uh, of that uh, of that offering and the blood was shed even Abel of way back in the book of Genesis understood uh, that in order for there to be worship uh, there had to be a sacrifice and there had to be a shedding of blood uh, David understood that when he uh, bought the threshing floor to sacrifice unto God there uh, he saw an angel with a sword David did uh, stretched out over Jerusalem and God said, go and sacrifice unto me. If I'm being honest with you today, uh, there is probably a sword of God uh, stretched out over America and we just have been failing to see that. Uh, but we know by the actions of our nation that we are uh, falling further and further away from God. We know that by the actions of the world that uh, the winds of war, and I'm not trying to scare you, uh, but the winds of war have begun to blow. If you saw China introducing a new, a new nuclear capable uh, weapon fired up into space and, and that took us completely apparently by surprise. If you notice China is also uh, flying military planes over Taiwan and you say, preacher, what does that have to do with us? I mean to tell you everything from your stove to your microwave to your refrigerator uh, to every appliance that you've got to the cars that you drive 
they all take these little chips. And do you know uh, where the bulk of those chips are made? Uh, they're made in Taiwan. And I said that to say this. Uh, there is a judgment uh, that is coming upon this earth. Uh, there is a... Uh, we begin to see bare shelves. And, and I'm not trying to scare you. Uh, but I want you to understand the times in which we're living. Uh, you're going to see more bare shelves we've seen. In California, there's a time where uh, the cheapest gasoline you can buy is $7 and a half. And the president says there's no end in sight. I'm not trying to get away from this. I'm trying to get us to understand uh, that we in America have lived high on the hog uh, for all of my life and most all of your lives. Uh, we've lived a life of pleasure and a life of woe. Uh, but when I read to you in Malachi, you can read that. And he said, I will make your blessing into a curse. And I'm afraid that that's the station that we're in. And if we don't get back to the old time ways and the old time worship and the worship of God in most churches today is a laughable matter. We come in and we sit down and we want to be entertained. God did not call me to entertain you. He called me to blow the trumpet and to speak a warning to those that would have an ear that you might listen. That judgment is soon coming upon planet earth that you can read in the book of Revelation about the empty shelves about a mark of the beast about a great war that will be fought about a war unlike any war you've ever seen about a war where 200 million men will march I'm telling you today the armies are gathering themselves together against the day of the great day of the coming of the Lord you might say preacher where do you get off saying all of that I'm saying it's because we have went through the motions for far too long God said I don't he said you now you've spoken stoutly against me and yet I've loved you. He said, you've robbed me. And he said, will a man rob God? But he said, you have robbed me. And they said, how have we robbed thee? And he said, in your tithes and in your offerings. In other words, they weren't giving. And I'm not preaching to you today to give money. That is an aspect. And God loveth a cheerful giver. But I've never once preached about money and don't intend to now. But what I will say is God is growing weary with our pretend, with our, with our false worship, with our just coming in wanting to be entertained. Do you know what moves the heart of God? It's when His people desire God open up them windows. But you know in order for God to open up the windows, there has to be a labor on the part of His people. In other words, all we have to do is get our hearts right and begin to ask Him to pour out Himself upon us. That's been my prayer all week. God, just pour Yourself out upon us at Lafayette. I know we get talked about here at Lafayette, but I would say we we read in Your hearing, we talked about it in Sunday school, and we read it in Your hearing there that, 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 uh, that men don't worship God the way they of old they rob God. Uh, we are in a Pharisaic world and they want to look at this and there. Uh, people will say even unto me, uh, God didn't lead you to join Lafayette. He didn't lead you to pastor there. I would say that they, 
and that in their defense, uh, they say God wouldn't let anybody uh, lead anybody to join an unsound church. I would say to them, Who are you? Uh, who are you to know the mind of God? I believe He led me here, and I believe He led you here, and I believe the Spirit has met with us from time to time, and so I believe we are a church of the house of God. Uh, but there are people where I come from uh, that wouldn't fellowship with me uh, because sometimes I wear shorts on hot days out in public. They wouldn't fellowship with me uh, because I pastor a church that has a fellowship hall and a pipe organ and stained glass windows. We've got to the place where it don't matter what you teach and it don't matter what you preach as long as the outside is clean and good. Men will take it. And I'm telling you, that's been to the destruction of many churches. That's been to the hurting of the Spirit of God moving. I'm telling you, as we get into this fight, it's time we're going to have to pick a side. As the Bible said when Aaron and Moses, rather when Moses came down from the mountain and he saw the calf of gold that Aaron had made, and he said, what have you done? Aaron had made them a god of gold and said, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. I'm afraid today that many people who claim they know the Lord and know nothing of God except things like that in the outward show. And Moses made a declaration and he said, whosoever is on the Lord's side, let him come and stand by me. I would say that decision, the call to decision is still going out today. Are you really on the Lord's side? He said, will a man rob God? We've robbed Him of His glory. We've robbed Him of His essence. We've robbed Him of His power. You that have been saved by grace have never stood up in church and told that. I'm not fussing on you. What I am saying unto you is that it's robbing God of all power and all glory. When you say, I will not join the church, I will not be baptized, that's for other people. Do you know what you're doing? You are robbing God and robbing God of His honor and His glory due unto His name. I'm telling you, He's a holy God. Now that's what the angels are singing today in the portals of heaven. Now that holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, but there's going to come a day how they'll take their seat and the bride of Christ will begin to stand and the angels who don't understand the blood-bought redemption how about the smiles will be on the children of God's saved generations all the way from Adam unto the very last one that you'll ever be saved that came out of great tribulation. And my friend, we'll begin to sing a song of the redeemed and a song about the Lamb. Now, there won't be no pretend worship there, my friend. It'll all be in front of us. But what I want us to understand, we've got to the place where Jeremiah warned that they were getting to that when he begged them to stand up and ask for the old past. He said, it's a good way. And walk therein and you shall find rest into your souls. And do you know what they said? We will not walk therein. And that's the average Christian in America today. We want the blessings. We want the windows open. But we refuse to worship God and give Him His honor and His glory and His thanksgiving for saving our souls. We fail to carve out a little... You know what He's asking? In the preacher the other night on Sunday night and I'm going to stop right there again. Sunday nights are just as important as Sunday mornings. Did you know that? 
He said, and it, it made me ashamed when He said it, and because what He said I knew was the truth. He said, we that are searching for places to preach on Sunday nights. He said, I don't want to practice. And He said, that's what a lot of churches on Sunday nights have become. And let's just give the young man of God a platform and he can practice his preaching. And the man of God said, I don't want to practice my preaching. I want to preach the Word of God. I'm telling you, but you say what a heaviness is it. That's what they said. They said it's a weariness. And what profit is there in walking right? And he said, where is the God of judgment? And the Bible says Malachi told him the God of judgment is coming and it's going to burn as hot as an oven and it's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's going to devour the lost from among the saved. He said there will be a difference when I gather my jewels. Did you know that if you've been saved, you are a jewel in the sight of God? Now we talk about Jesus being that pearl of great price. And I've said this before. I don't think He's the pearl of great price. I believe His church is the pearl of great price. And you say, why do you say that, preacher? Because the Bible said the kingdom of heaven is as a man which who, when he had searched, uh, he found a pearl of great price and he sold all that he had and he bought it. Uh, my friend, that's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't have anything to sell to buy salvation, uh, but he sold all that he had, took upon himself the form of a servant, and he purchased the church with his own blood. Therefore, you are the jewels that make it up. I'm telling you, he said it's going to burn hot as an oven. But they that feared the Lord often spake one to another. And there was a book written. I'm so thankful for those books. I'm so thankful that there are still a faithful few. I mean, if we want the windows in heaven to be opened, if we really want our lost to be saved, David said, I will not buy. The man tried to give him. Let me finish that story. I've got a bad habit of starting and never finishing. But that man Ornum said, I'll give you, I'll give you my threshing floor, David. He said, just begin to sacrifice to the Lord that the angel will sort up his sheep and not stretch it out over Jerusalem. And David said, I will not sacrifice unto the Lord of that which doeth cost me nothing. Think about that. I will not Sacrifice, I will not worship the Lord in a way that it costs me nothing. In other words, true worship, it comes with a price. And it comes with a cost. And it comes with stepping out from among this wicked world and being separate. It comes with falling down on your face before you get to the house of God and praying for the man of God. It comes with falling down on your face on a random Tuesday afternoon, getting in your prayer closet on a random Thursday morning and begin to cry out to God that He'll begin to deal not only with them that are lost, but first of all with those that have been saved. I'm telling you, when we get to that place, the lost will get there. I believe that with all my heart. But as long as we're going through the motions of worship without actually worshiping, I'm afraid those windows will remain shut. 
or they might be cracked just a little bit. You say, preacher, that's being awful hard on us. I'm telling you that before the blessings come, there has to be a preparation of the ground. Uh, before you bring forth fruit, you have to break up the fallow ground. Before there's a saving and a day of salvation, uh, there must come a day of labor. Uh, before Elisha was sent to a woman to, as uh, she was poor and, and and her sons were being taken, her husband was dead, and uh, and all she had was a pot of oil. And God said unto Elisha, I tell this woman to go borrow vessels of her neighbors, not a few, but get as many as you can find and bring them and begin to pour the oil into those vessels and that little pot of oil it filled up vessel after vessel until the Bible says they said bring me another and they said we've used them all in other words God took that little pot of oil uh, but first before he multiplied it they had to go and get vessels before the blessing will come there has to be a work of faith in the heart of the church. There has to be a laboring for the Lord. There has to be, quite honestly, something more than it is in today's form of worship. There has to be a hunger. There has to be a desire. Are you not curious to know more about the One that saved you? There has to be a desire to stay in His book, stay in His Word. There has to be a desire to fill up our place there has to be a desire among His people. God, what can I do for you today to bring you honor and glory? It's not all just on the man of God, but it's on the church of the living God. You are they that make up His jewels. And there is coming a day that burneth hot as an oven as it goes into the fourth chapter. But He said that you have said it's vain to serve God and what profit is there? And that's about the point we've got. What's the profit? What's the use? It's just Sunday school. It's just Sunday night. I mean to tell you, if you want the windows open, if you really want the windows open, you're going to have to put forth some... And I know that you do. I'm not trying to fuss at you, but I'm telling you this. We can do more than what we're doing. We're living in a, we're living in a generation that is as foul and as crooked as at any time since I've been alive from the top to the bottom. He said, you've robbed me, even this whole nation. I'm telling you, I believe God set up America. I've told you that in the past. I believe I believe God brought us into a being, into a place that we were blessed among all nations. But now He said, this whole nation has begun to rob God. And so we have. We've robbed Him of His holy day. We've robbed Him of His Sabbath. When we come in and just put on a form of worship, you know your heart. I, I don't have to tell you because there's been times in my life I didn't need the preacher to tell me that I've been walking afar off from God, maybe not in works, maybe not sitting left and right, but just in my heart. Something wasn't right. There was a bit of a separation. And I didn't need a man of God to tell me that. The Spirit of God told me that. And during those times, I began to cry out for God. I had to cry out for Him just to pass by just one more time. And so I don't have to tell you, you know in your heart if you're truly worshiping Him. You know that to be true in your heart. And so all I'm saying is today, I want Him to open up the windows. 
I wish she would just open them up and begin to pour out a blessing. And he said, if I begin to do that, you'll not even have room to receive it. Your cup will overflow. Your cup will overflow into that saucer. And you'll be drinking from the saucer as the song says. For my cup has overflowed. I'm telling you, God is not excited about your faith. In other words, what, what He was saying to them, the sacrifices that you're offering to Me are worthless. I would say to you, if you just come in and out of His house without reverence for His house, without reverence for the Word of God, without reverence for the man of God, without a prayer for the lost and undone, then your worship, it means nothing to Him. You might say that's strong language. I believe it to be the truth. I believe He seeks such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And when we do that, the windows will gradually begin to open and we'll see blessings poured out upon us. But I would say that, and I said many people won't fellowship with me, when I come here, I had to get past that. The first time I walked in this place, even though I knew it was of God, I saw the stained glass and the organ and thought, well, these, these people are not my people. We've got such an, such an expectation of what worship ought to look like that when it hits the spot dead in the face, right between the eyes, we don't even recognize it sometimes. But I knew as I began to preach here that morning, and I remember I preached on hell, I thought, if these, we'll see if they're modern, we'll see if they're not. God gave me a message. And I preached on hell, fire, and damnation, and that you die lost without God, you will burn forever. And this church took that. Any church that'll take that preaching is not modern in the least. That's what they think of us, I guess. That's all right. They'll sort that out with their Maker one day. All I know to do is stand on what God has given me and where He's leading me. Somebody joined the church last week and I'm thankful somebody else should have but didn't. Today's your opportunity to do that. Would you rob God by not doing it? Preacher, I don't want to join. I don't want to be back. You're robbing God of His honor and His glory. You are hindering the work of the Holy Spirit among His church. And most of all, you are dishonoring. Dishonoring the blood that brought you by not following in baptism. I'll say that and I'm done. Come and get your song together. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, saith the Lord of hosts. I don't want to rob Him no more. I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of expecting the blessing to come when I've not done my part, when I've not done enough praying, and I'll still expect Him to stand and help me to preach. And most of the time it's one of those services I have to apologize for the mess that I made. But I found God to be faithful. That when I do my part, He'll, get, he'll put His words into my mouth. He'll do the same for you. Come ahead with a song, brother.